My mom has a permanently stuck in the 80s thing. We're talking teased up feathered hair, acid washed denim jacket, and shoulder pads. So many shoulder pads. But I just got a new phone from AT&T. And check this out. I got a second phone to gift my mom. So now she can finally ditch her old one for a phone that can actually stream all the 80s shows she loves. Come into an AT&T store and find out how to get a smartphone on us. AT&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. See store for details. Napa know-how. The Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. The show's outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise this coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great simulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for all the friends worldwide of Joyce Barry. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the hour to empower with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into Joyce Barry and Friends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You'll want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce Barry and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow 
right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com. Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room, have fun, and chat away. I go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see what is going on in there. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the Coach's Corner, and then you will hear from our wonderful guest today. Folks, every day should be treated like a special day. We wish you the finest of friends, the opulence of opportunities, the magic of miracles, and the happiest of days. May this year be your best year ever. chat room to Lolita to Lolita Lady Lola who wrote in the chat room thank you for making this show to help introduce and teach about others cultures and traditions they may have no idea about and I have to say Lolita Lady Lola you hit it on the head because we're talking today about the holiest day of the Jewish New Year, the most solemn day of the Jewish New Year. But it is our intent, given it is a worldwide show, for others to get value from it, from other cultures and religions to get value from it. And I truly believe if we were all open to understanding and appreciate other people's religions, the world would be a better place and surely a more peaceful place. So thank you, Lolita Lady Lola. You hit it right on the head. You captured the essence of what today's show is about. And today is the holiest, one of the holiest days of the Jewish calendar, a day where Jews reflect on the past year and atone for their sins. The Day of Atonement begins at sundown, that's tonight, and continues until nightfall on October 4th, that's tomorrow, according to the Hebrew calendar. Synagogue attendant peaks during these high holy days when Jews seek forgiveness for sins committed between man and God. I also believe it's man and man as well and pledge to repeat and pledge to avoid repeating the same mistakes in the new year. As Jonathan Sachs put it, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is the holy of holies of Jewish time. It is that rarest of phenomena, a Jewish festival without food. Instead, it is a day of fasting and prayer, introspection, and self-judgment when collectively and repeatedly we confess our sins and pray to be written into God's book of life. And we know that we get written in the book on Rosh Hashanah, and we've done three shows on Rosh Hashanah this year. So simply, if you go back towards the beginning of the week, every day we did a different kind of show on Rosh Hashanah. Uh, But today, one show will do the trick, because we have with us a very esteemed rabbi. Uh, I'm going to say he's my favorite rabbi. He is Rabbi Patachnik, Rabbi Joseph Patachnik. 
Hacknick, the former president and presently the executive vice president of the New York Board of Rabbis, the largest interdenominational body of its kind in the world. He's the co-host, along with Deacon Kevin McCormick, of Xavier High School and the Diocese of Rockville Center of Religion on the Line, which airs every Sunday morning on WABC Talk Radio, 770 a.m., from 7.30 a.m. to 10 a.m., WABC's longest-running talk radio program. It was actually on the Rabbi's radio program that my sister found out about him, listened to every show, and she was the one she said that said, you have to have Rabbi Potasnik on your show. The Rabbi is the religious commentator for Radio W. INS 1010 for the last 10 years, succeeding the late Rabbi Mark Tannenbaum. He's also the senior rabbi at Congregation Mount Sinai in Brooklyn Heights, New York. Having completed his second term with the New York City Campaign Finance Board, Rabbi Potasnik was appointed to New York City Human Rights Commission by Mayor Michael Blumberg, who was indeed one of my favorite mayors, uh, having lived most of my adult life in New York. As chaplain of the New York City Fire Department and the Fraternal Order of Police, Rabbi Potasnik maintained a high profile, helping many families cope with the disaster of September 11, 2001. The rabbi was appointed chaplain of the New York Press Club. He received uh, his Bachelor of Arts degree from Yeshiva College and his Master of Science from the Bernard Revel Graduate School of Yeshiva University. In addition, in 1986, he received his Juris Doctor degree from Brooklyn Law School. Wow, a lawyer and a rabbi all rolled into one. Rabbi, it is my honor, it is a privilege to have you on our show today to usher in Yom Kippur. Well, thank you, Joyce. Uh, thank you for the invitation. And I've never been introduced with music from Rocky, so this was a real treat for me because uh, I, I think I saw all all fifty of the Rocky movies. <laughs> but anyway, uh, look, you're doing great work. You know, one of the things that we find is people turn to different sources uh, for information, and radio has become a great medium as the web is. And uh, we have to maximize. Uh, our exposure in all of these outlets because uh, people are not very often going to the conventional sources. They don't read as many newspapers. Uh, you know, print media is not what it was. So wherever we can reach people, we have to be there. And this is a great opportunity on your program that has a worldwide audience. So uh, I am very grateful to you for the invitation. As you mentioned, Yom Kippur uh, is this holy day. It's it's a, it's a time of serious reflection for people to look at themselves and say, look, I'm not perfect. No one is, because the word perfect means finished. It comes from Latin, means finished. None of us is complete. As a matter of fact, I recently saw a tapestry uh, that was titled Progress, and on this tapestry, there's a blank space, because progress is incomplete. There's always more to do. You know, there's an ancient custom some people have of leaving a corner of the house unpainted to remind them that there is more to accomplish in life, that none of us have ever completes all that we set out to do. No one ever reaches the promised land, so to speak. We have a vision of the promised land, but we are never fully in that promised land because there's always more uh, that has to be done by us. But Yom Kippur is a day to, to say, you know, we are flawed, as everyone else is. How can we make some changes? Uh, I remember when I was growing up, my parents taught me these expressions, as I'm sure yours did as well. Please, thank you, and I'm sorry. 
the high holy days encompass those themes. Please, we come, we have requests. We want a year of health. We want a year of sustenance. Um, thank you. We are grateful for the many blessings uh, that we share. But also, it has to be that I'm sorry. Yom Kippur focuses on the apology. It's, uh, that's what atonement is all about. Uh, we come and we say we've wronged one another. Um, we've made promises that we haven't kept to one another. We've made promises to God. I'm sure all of us can recall uh, years ago taking an exam and saying, God, if you help me pass this exam, I will come to synagogue or I'll clean my room or I'll do something. Just reward me with a passing grade. Well, um, Yom Kippur says uh, we, we, we said all kinds of things that were really predicated uh, on uh, untruths. We really didn't mean them when we said them, or maybe we meant them temporarily and didn't fulfill them. But it's a time to to really uh, to express contrition uh, for unfulfilled expectations. The other thing is, it's an important time to be together. I, I think going to the synagogue is is good. There's the vertical relationship. We come to pray to God, but we also come to be with each other. Uh, Harry Golden years ago talks about a rabbi saying to someone, "Look, I understand why why Jake comes to the synagogue. Um, he comes to talk to God. But Ben, why do you come here?" And Ben says, I come to talk to Jake. Uh, there are different reasons for coming to Shul. Not everybody comes with the same spiritual fervor. But I think people come uh, with their own uh, problems and are uplifted when they see others as well. You know, the Kaddish, the mourner's prayer, uh, is a time for people to remember lost loved ones and to uh, express their thanks for having them. But when the Kaddish has said you stand... And when you look around, you see other people saying the Kaddish. And what does that tell you? You're not the only one with Soros. You're not the only one who has problems. There are others who have problems. And maybe by looking at others, you realize, you know, I have to be thankful for the years I shared. Uh, I wanted more because when something is good, you want more. But there are others in the same room who also know what it is to lose a loved one. And I have to be sensitive to them, and hopefully they're sensitive to me. So Yom Kippur is a day... uh, of doing many things, and I hope when people walk away, they walk away renewed with uh, a feeling that I can make this a better year. Shana Tova, the greeting in Hebrew, means a good year. We often say a happy year. I'm not sure that that's, that's a, a good uh, translation. It really means a, a good year because when people are involved in goodness, ultimately you can find some happiness. Uh, but the world of happiness has to go through goodness. So we hope that uh, there will be uh, many good deeds that we perform. And by the way, the word Shana, year, has it in its root, Shinui, that means change. So we're also saying to someone, a good change. May you, uh, you know, not be the same person next year that you are this year. Uh, someone said years ago, the smartest person he ever met was his tailor. Because when he went to his tailor, he would measure him to see had he grown, uh, realizing that probably wasn't exactly the same fit as a year earlier. So that's really what uh, Yom Kippur is all about. Uh, that is um, really covers a lot in just that brief synopsis, and we're going to spend a lot of the show in Q&A uh, asking very specific questions to drive home uh, the 
traditions about this holiday and and how solemn it is and how special it is to us. I just want to remind you folks one more time that we did extraordinary shows about Rosh Hashanah. Uh, So let me just refer you to those in the archives, and I'll come right back to the rabbi. Uh, Wednesday, September 24th, in our archives, it was called the New Moon and the Jewish New Year, which both fell on the same day. So those of you that are familiar with astrology, uh, the New Moon is a very powerful time, and falling exactly on the first day, uh, uh, falling on Rosh Hashanah, we thought it was very significant, and it was our health guru, actually, who, who knows quite a bit about astrology, who was our guest on that show. The next day, September 25th, we did Rosh Hashanah, a celebration, and interestingly enough, I chose as my guest for that show, Carla Lynn Hall. As we, we say, she's a shiksa, and that's not a bad term. It simply means a non-Jewish woman. Uh, it has no derogatory impact at all. But I specifically told t- chose someone that wasn't Jewish because the entire show was trivia questions and riddles about the holiday. And I figured doing that with someone wh- who wasn't Jewish and her interest in learning about the Jewish holidays, hopefully we wanted to rub off on many of you. Again, it's a worldwide show with a, a vast diversity of listeners of all ages, all religions. So if you want to have fun with the holidays, the entire show is trivia questions and riddles, and I give you that pause, that moment to see how much of it you know about the holidays. And the very next day, uh, Friday, September 26th, again, you can find these inner archives 24-7. You can hear any of the shows. I had Carla back, and she did such a great job that it, the show is called Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and we hit on the kind of things the rabbi already mentioned. Uh, where he talked to the rabbi said this is a show a time of please thank you and I'm sorry and that show was exactly that we did a whole section on gratitude reflections and forgiveness and it, it was just really uh, wanting to make a point what the principles of the holiday are but more importantly those are the kind of things reflections gratitude and forgiveness that will make a profound difference in your life despite whatever religion, whatever faith you follow, whoever your God is that you pray to. Uh, Before I go into the Q&A with the rabbi, rabbi, is there anything else you want to share? You know, I'm looking here at a chauffeur and the ram's horn. And, you know, there is the sounding of the chauffeur, the hundred notes uh, that we sound during Rosh Hashanah, and, of course, the final notes on Yom Kippur. But it is curved. It's, 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 It's bent. And the symbolic reason for that is that we all have to humble ourselves a bit. You know, we all think we're wonderful, or at least our parents would remind us how wonderful we were, but we also have to retain some humility. So um, the chauffeur itself, having that bend in it, uh, says to each person, you know, you can stand tall but with a little curve. Uh, Of course, as we get older, we realize uh, that has a more dramatic meaning, but we all have to look within. It's not easy uh, to look within. I remember uh, when I would bring home my report card from school, my mother, before she looked at all the grades, would look at one particular area, which was conduct, because you received a grade for conduct, and God help you if you didn't have an A 
when it came to conduct because you could be a smart kid, but if you were a wise guy in class, that was not appreciated by your family, by the teacher. So, uh, you know, you've got to look at what was my conduct during the year and can I improve that conduct? And I think all of us, there's room for improvement. Uh, uh, we don't have all the answers, but I think when we look at the prayer book, it at least forces us to ask some of the questions. Uh, and hopefully by being with one another, by being with our families, and, and I have to say, that that is something that we sometimes overlook, the, the blessing of family. Um, I recently went to a high school reunion of mine, and this was a, you know, it's been some years since I graduated high school, but I noticed something interesting. When I went to a reunion years ago, we all talked about our professional achievements. When I went to this reunion years later, we talked about our families, and we recognize that our kids don't love us because of our resume. Our families you know, they may be proud of our resume, but that's not why they love us. They love us because we spend time with them. I read a story recently that I want to share with your listeners. There's a Rabbi Danny Teplitz, and Rabbi Teplitz's grandfather was Max Arts, Dr. Max Arts, who was the vice chancellor of Jewish Theological Seminary. Teplitz says he would look so forward to spending time with his grandfather. One particular day, he's with his grandfather, the phone rings, the secretary comes in and says, it's Chief Justice Earl Warren on the phone of the Supreme Court. And the reason Warren was calling was to arrange a weekend where Harry Truman and Chief Justice Warren would come to the seminary to spend a little time there. And Teplitz says, my grandfather, Dr. Art, said to his secretary, please tell the Chief Justice I'll call him back. I'm here with someone very important. He was there with his grandson. And that kid never forgot that his grandfather at that moment was saying, no one, not the Chief Justice, not the President, no one is more important than my grandchild right now. And I think with all of our professional commitments, we have to recognize nothing is more important than very often the people who are near us, next to us, those who we should value in our lives. And it's often those very people that are right next to you that we tend to hurt the most, we bark at the most, because they're so close and in such proximity that often they're the brunt of the things that are the worst about us, where people let their guard down, wouldn't you say, Rabbi? Yeah, and, and you know, some of the egregious things that has happened to loved ones over the years, I mean, who would have thought that we would be looking more seriously at domestic violence? Uh, who would have thought that in some of these households there are uh, spouses who are abused, and we need to address that issue. We can't close our eyes, and we can't simply say, well, an apology is enough. Uh, there's some real pain some real pain out there uh, that's not superficial, uh, and it's repetitive abuse that has to be addressed. But you're right, the slights. Uh, the you know we don't we don't spend time together. Think of how years ago we would value that family dinner. Um, somebody wrote a book about the kitchen sink values. He said all the values I learned sitting around the table near the kitchen sink, and my family and, and I were exchanging comments. That's where I learned my values. Well, what happens today? We're all in different places, eating at different times. Um, we don't have time for one another, and what a price we pay for that. Uh, I was telling a reporter who called me. Uh, talking about Facebook, and I said, you know, Facebook is very nice, but it doesn't it doesn't remove the need for face to face uh, contact. Uh, we need to see each other. You know, soon we'll be making shiver calls through Skype. Soon we'll be, you know, uh, in chat rooms expressing our thoughts, but we're not standing next to the person who needs that holding and hugging. 
So we we got to be careful. Uh, technology is a great thing, but it should not come at the expense of human relationships. And when we talk about this time of the year and reflections and and things we have to atone for all of that, I just want to share something that will take just about a moment from one of our favorite radio personalities, John Bell, what he wrote on Reflections. It's funny how every once in a while we start reflecting on life. Has it ever made sense? Will it ever make sense? We wonder why we spend so much time doing things we have to do and so little time doing the things we really want to do. We spend so much time with people who add nothing to our lives and so little time with people we love. We acquire too much that's only temporary and too little that has lasting value. And we face new challenges, but usually with old ideas. We open and close our hearts at the wrong times, often letting in sorrow, excluding joy. We figure out the answers, but usually long after it's too late to solve the problems. And yet we rise each morning, ready to fill another day with our hopes and dreams and aspirations, determined to make it all different, do it better, do it right this time. Our dreams are filled with hopes for new tomorrows. And as Langston Hughes said, hold fast to your dreams, for if dreams die, life is but a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. So we must all hold fast to our dreams, so that even when our wings are broken, our spirit is not. Go out and have a great day. And feeling that this is a new beginning, the Jewish New Year, it is a great time for reflecting and to see what we can do better this time, what we can make right. Young Kippur is outlined in num- Numbers 29, 7, 11, and Leviticus 16, 30, which reads, For on this day he will forgive you to purify you, that you will be cleansed from all your sins before God. According to tradition, God decides each person's fate, encouraging those to repent. So, Rabbi, what does Young Kippur literally mean? It means a day of atonement, and many rabbis have said if you look at the word atonement, it has the words at one uh, within it. So at one, uh, trying to to be at one with yourself, the ideal you and the real you, trying to narrow the gaps, you're at one. Also to be at one with God. You know, you mentioned forgiveness. Uh, Interestingly, in the Bible, there's the reference of God forgiving the people for the golden calf, but that doesn't happen. Uh, until there's forgiveness by Joseph of his brothers. And Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, a great scholar, uh, great leader, says, you see what the Bible is telling us? Before God can forgive us, we have to learn to forgive each other. So first comes Joseph and his brothers. And by the way, we had to wait a while till we saw human forgiveness. Think of all of the people uh, in the Bible prior to Joseph who didn't express thoughts of forgiveness. Finally, we have Joseph and his brothers. Then later on, we have the golden calf of God forgives people. So uh, it takes a lot for some to say, I'm sorry. It takes a lot to forgive the other. When I first became a rabbi, uh, I remember someone in the congregation became very ill, taken to the hospital. I went to see him, and it wasn't sure whether he was going to make it. And he said to me, Rabbi, you think you could help me reconcile with my brother in case I leave this world? I want to know that we've reconciled. And I brought the brother in, finally had him in the same room, and they're talking, and the person was sick. His first name was Sam. He said to his brother, Jack, 
Jack, you know, it's time we made up. And they shook hands and whatever. And then Sam says, but Jack, remember one thing, if I ever recover, that grudge completely hasn't gone away. So here, even in a sickbed, there was someone who was holding on uh, to a grievance and wouldn't let it go. And how often that prevents us from really uh, restoring a relationship because uh, we won't, we won't put down uh, something that anger that we've been walking around with in the suitcase, that personal suitcase for, for so long. Absolutely. And in, in that regard, I wrote a poem that kind of captures all of that. So let me take a moment and share that with you. Forgiveness, an original poem by yours truly, Joyce Barry. How do I forgive? How do I let go? You hurt me so bad, and you know this is so. How could you, I ask? I am reminded every day. The pain is so intense, it just won't go away. You really were cruel. What you did was obscene. You left me devastated. How could you be so mean? When truth be told, I knew that the healing key was to forgive you, not for your sake, but for me. And so I forgive you, but I may never forget what you did to me that you don't even regret. Without this healing, which is so dramatic, Forever my life would be totally traumatic. And so I forgive you, though what you did was a sin. I am forgiving you, so the healing can begin. And that was the point I wanted to make, to forgive people for your sake, so the healing can begin. And this is such a major part of this solemn, solemn day. Uh, Rabbi, what would you want to say to the folks about how Yom Kippur is observed? Well, there are many interesting customs. Uh, My earliest recollection was that before we went to the synagogue, my father mother would gather me around them and they'd take a big tully to pray a shawl and they would bless me for the new year. So you have this tradition of a family blessing. What a what a beautiful way uh, to begin by uh, extending you know our wishes for uh, a healthy year, a good year to one another, especially family. It begins with family uh, or extended family. Not everybody has an immediate family, but there are other people they should include in their lives. Then we go to the synagogue in Kippur, and what's the first thing we do? We'd walk around. And we'd say to people, I'm sorry if I said anything or did anything that hurt you. Now, a number of the times I noticed we didn't know the people. And yet we were asking for forgiveness from people we really didn't know. And I thought to myself, this is a strange custom. Usually when you ask for forgiveness, it's from someone you know you hurt. But it may very well be there was an unintentional slight. There was something we did unknowingly. And certainly in the prayer book, we say for the sins we committed knowingly and unknowingly. Uh, so the idea of apologizing before services began was very important. Then, of course, the prayer uh, service, Kol Nidre, where we say all the promises we made to God 
we made to God that we didn't keep, we ask that they be annulled. The promises we made to one another that we didn't keep, we have to ask forgiveness of one another. Because, you know, it's very easily, I can say, Joyce, I promise to repay you the money I owe you. I don't. I go, God, I erase that promise. That I can't do. I have to go to you and, and seek forgiveness. So there is the kol nidre. And then, of course, after the service is over, you'd go home. And what would happen? Uh, you'd spend some time in conversation. You wouldn't eat because there is no eating on Yom Kippur, except for those who have some real physical uh, demands. If, if a doctor says you have to eat, then you have to eat. As a matter of fact, there was a question raised years ago. Suppose a doctor is an anti-Semite. Suppose a doctor doesn't <laughs> like Jews and, and says, you know, you have to eat. Well, Jewish law says we don't care who he is. We care about his medical uh, knowledge. And if he says you have to eat, you better do so. Um, but for those who fast, why do we fast? Because we have to be sensitive to the pain of people. God says in the reading on Yom Kippur Day, look, you're not fasting for me. I don't need your fast. You need the fast. If you talk about caring about the world, if you care about those who are out there in need, how do you know what they feel unless you suffer a little bit? So the Bible says on Yom Kippur, you have to afflict your souls. You have to know what it is to be a little bit unhappy. Um, and I, I think sometimes when we go without food, we kind of recognize, you know, there are others in the world uh, who are not observing Yom Kippur, but they don't have food. They don't have funds. Uh, and we need to do something to better their lives. Uh, so it, it's really, it's a day when you can identify through the rituals uh, with the pain of people. And that's very, very important. Look, I just came back from Israel. I was in Israel uh, last week in August. And uh, we had a whole group that went. And we went down to Ashkelon and the missile uh, went overhead, and we were very alarmed. We had 15 seconds to get to a shelter. Now, remember, when you have a large group, you're not going to get to a shelter in 15 seconds. So you try to find some area that you think is secure, but there is no security. And thankfully, the Iron Dome took it out. But being there, why were we there? We were there because we wanted to understand what people were feeling. And you have to identify with people in different ways. So whether you're fasting, uh, whether you're visiting uh, during a critical period, uh, you, you have to do something. It's not enough to say, I feel your pain. You don't feel the pain unless you really know what it is. You know, there are people who will see the homeless. They'll say, oh, I feel terrible about that. You know, they'll see people who are in hospitals. Ah, oh, I feel terrible about that. But they don't do anything. They don't give to any causes, any charities. So, you know, Jewish tradition says it's not just about a creed. It's about a deed. It's not just about, you know, proclaiming. It's about performing. You have to be able to do uh, what you say. That's why houses of worship have windows, because what we say on the inside, we have to see on the outside. One of the most important words, as you know, in Jewish tradition is mitzvah. It's the, the deed, the meritorious deed, the good deed, because ultimately what matters is what you do. The biographer of the Duke of Wellington, uh, before he wrote the biography, he said to the Duke, I'd like to see your checkbook. He says, why do you want to see my checkbook? He says, because if I'm going to write that you're a charitable person, I have to see that you wrote checks to charities. You know, I, I want to know what your causes were. So it's it's nice that we say all these things when we walk into shul, synagogue. It's important what we do when we walk out. So even though Yom Kippur is that day of atonement, hopefully there's a lasting effect that carries over into our lives, uh, translating it to change, uh, because you don't change overnight. You don't change in a matter of moments. It takes time. It's incremental, but it's a good start. 
uh, when you spend a day in the synagogue in that healthy environment. Absolutely. And people that are very uh, religious spend a lot more than that one day in the synagogue, but I know a lot of people that are Reformed, uh, Jews, and even some that are conservative, uh, if they never go to a synagogue, they go Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur for the most part. Uh, yes, it makes a profound difference. Yes, it's it's really important that you observe the holidays if you're Jewish, uh, especially these high, high holy days. I would also say to make a profound difference in your life, you might want to listen to this show every day. And here's why in the wise words of Beverly Nadler. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family. They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. And folks... Becoming number one is only in partnership with you. So please check out our site, Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and friends.com. And right under my picture on the upper left on the home page, it says follow. And if you click on that, you can become a follower of our show, which means you will get an email every day from Blog Talk Radio about the guest, the show, and the topic. Again, if you can't be with us at 11 a.m. Eastern, which worldwide has many different time zones, uh, so if that's not possible, every show is archived. Every show in all our four years remains in our archives for your listening pleasure. Okay, back to the rabbi and Yom Kippur. Rabbi, what kind of synagogue services take place? Well, what's interesting is there are different synagogues because, you know, we're not a homogeneous people. Uh, people have different approaches. So you have the different uh, denominations. Uh, you have Orthodox and Serve Reform. You have Reconstructionists. You have those that are non-denominational. Uh, and I think... The message there is that there are different paths to God, and people have to select uh, a place that has meaning for for them. Uh, you don't have a, a one-size-fits-all. Uh, and I think sometimes people, they go to a congregation, they go to a service, and they're not inspired. And they say, well, I'm not going back. Well, the idea, if you don't like it, try to find something else. 
or at least carve out something in the service you do like and focus on that. You know, I often tell people, you look at the prayer book, there are a number of prayers there that just are not relevant uh, in your life. But pick out some of the statements that do or substitute your own prayers. Uh, I remember years ago hearing a rabbi say the following. He said, you know, all of you have the same prayer book, and we announce pages all the time where we're, you know, where we're going. Years ago, people would go to the synagogue with different prayer books. I remember when I went with my father, we all had different prayer books. No pages were announced because of the different books. But then the rabbi says, you know what, even when it's the same book, there are different prayers being offered. There are different needs being expressed. So try to find something that bothers you, something in your life that bothers and focus on that. Um, you know, if you can make a, a small difference, uh, there's an expression in Yiddish, from a little and a little, from a little and a little you can fill the cup, but it takes a little. Uh, I had the experience of walking down a street one day. You see some of these people, they're Jews, who stop you and say, did you put on filling today? Did you light candles today? And I thought to myself, does that really make a difference? Is that really constructive to stop people on the street? So I said to the person, do you think you're changing anything for people? He said, sir, we believe in step-by-step diplomacy. If we get a person to do one thing, one mitzvah, one deed, we hopefully can get a person to do another. If we get someone to light candles one Sabbath, maybe we get the person to read a Jewish book next time. Maybe we get the person to go to the synagogue after that. So start with one, and hopefully from one you build to many more. But you have to start somewhere. And I think that's part of the, the prayer experience. Just look at the prayers and say, what responds or what, what elicits the best response from me? What is something that I really want to make important in my life? So it may not be you know all of the prayers, but you know we don't have this all-or-nothing approach. I know there are some people who think, well, if I can't do it all, I won't do anything. If I can't have a Passover Seder like my grandfather or grandmother, I won't have any Passover Seder. You know, you wouldn't say to your child, if you don't get a 4-0 in college, don't go to college. So all or nothing is never a healthy kind of statement. So something is better than nothing, and um, something more comes when you start with something. Very, very good advice indeed. Uh, Rabbi, um, you mentioned you made reference to the show for. By any chance, do you have one with you? I do have one. Let me... I'm not. I'm not the best chauffeur blower. We, you know, we <laughs> no, have people who are very. No, most or not. I just thought <laughs> you know, I, have, I would love to hear yeah. what, it, what it is. You know, we live in an age of specialization, so uh, you know everybody has a talent. Let me see if I can. I'm going to put you on speaker so I can put the phone down. Do you hear me? Yes, very well. All right. Let me try this. This is one of the sounds of the chauffeur. That's one sound. Let me see if I can get a few more. All right, so hopefully you get a sense of what a chauffeur sounds like. Um, it's 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 something you put in the corner of your mouth. You try not to get too much air in. Um, but there are people who are who are very good at it. They're very talented, um, and they do it. I always use it as a time for young people to come forward and they they're amazed they're enthralled by the sound of the chauffeur so they watch 
And then years later, the young people say, can I do that? Or right after that, can I do that? And they try it, and they learn how to sound the chauffeur. So we have people sounding the chauffeur in their 20s who started listening when they were three, four years old. Uh, and by being so uh, taken, uh, so impressed by the sounds of the chauffeur, by the person doing it, they wanted to learn. So there again, you start with something, and from something you build something more. Well, first of all, I'm really, really grateful that you did that for us today. For me, whenever I hear the show for, it just goes to my heart, to my soul. I just feel like I'm being cleansed in that moment. I just feel empowered in that moment. So I, I can't hear it enough. It is such the vibrations, the energy, the purpose of it. I just, It just goes right through me. So I just want to say I'm very grateful uh, that you shared that with us, that you had that happen so people can get an idea about it and yes there's many many different sounds short sounds long sounds so at least we gave you some sense of it and i really really do appreciate that rabbi uh would you tell people why do jewish why is the jewish calendar different than the regular calendar well the jewish calendar is a lunar calendar and because it's a lunar calendar and all like other calendars we have to make adjustments so you know it 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 doesn't always correspond. It doesn't mean that the date this year on the English calendar will be the same date for Rosh Hashanah next year. It's the same Hebrew date, and Hebrew date uh, is, again, based on, on the lunar uh, approach. Uh, so, you know, it's the first day, you know, of, of Tishrei, of the new month of Tishrei. Uh, that's when Rosh Hashanah, the new year, and then you have the 10th of Tishrei. Uh, that's Yom Kippur. And by the way, the 1 and the 10 are interesting because it shows you that you start at 1, but to get to 10, you have to go through 10 days of repentance. Uh, again, this kind of behavior modification, not the instant kind of conversion. Slow, gradual change, a little and a little, because it's the same thing if you look at a diet. Uh, you don't lose all the weight overnight, but by consistent approach, by doing a little bit more each day, you'll get to your goal. And that's how we look at repentance. It's like climbing the ladder, rung by rung. Eventually you reach the top, but you can't go from the bottom rung to the top rung in one jump. Um, so uh, you look at the calendar. Each day you try to say, today I'm going to do uh, something that uh, is going to improve my life. You know, I just bought a while ago something called the jawbone. I don't know if you heard of it. The jawbone is a bracelet you wear. It just tells you how many steps you've walked uh, the day and how many steps translates to how many miles you walked each day. And I think it's just good to know this is my daily regimen now. You know, I set a goal, let's say 10,000 steps. Um, so you see how close you've come to your goal each and every day. Uh, now we do that physically, we can do that spiritually. Set a goal. Say, today I'm going to refrain from talking ill about someone, I'm not going to indulge in gossip today. Can we get through the day without saying one negative thing about someone else? That, to me, is very good. Today, I'm going to tell someone close to me, I love that person. Can I do that? If you set realistic goals, I think you'll find you're going to be uh, much, uh, your self-worth will improve greatly. You'll, you'll, you'll feel, you know what, I'm not the same person. I have changed, and I've changed for the better. 
Rabbi, I think that advice is is right on. I just want you to know that I publicly, worldwide, I want to extend an invitation for you to come back in the very near future and talk about your trip to Israel. I would love to hear uh, what that was like. You mentioned, like, of course, the Iron Dome and its protection. But mingling with the people and the customs, I'd love you to do a show for us on the culture of Israel. Um, Putting you on the spot purposely, will you accept my invitation for a show on visiting (laughs) Israel? I can't say no publicly, of course. Let me just tell you something about that visit, which I, I think you'll find fascinating. Um, we had a number of groups. We had rabbis. We had lay people. But two of the people who went with us, one was Congressman Peter King, who was a Republican. The other was Governor David Patterson, former governor of New York, who was a Democrat, because we wanted to mm-hmm. show that Israel resonates with people of different uh, political affiliations. Now, Governor David Patterson is legally blind. And as he said mm-hmm. to me before we left, he, he said to me, you know, I won't be able to see all of Israel, but I'll be able to feel all of Israel. So I thought it was a great statement uh, in terms of going and experiencing Israel. It's not just what you see, it's what you feel. So I'd love to talk about that trip with you. And that was so true for me. When I went to Israel, first thing I did was kiss the very ground. And uh-huh. that, that, as soon as I got off the plane, oh, my God, the feelings I had when I was in Israel was many, many years ago. But what stood out the most was being at the uh, wall, at the Wailing Wall, and having with me three notes, because I wanted to put in a note on the left side, the right side, and one in the middle. So, I, you know, something, an experience I will never, ever forget. I never so much appreciated and valued my Jewishness and my culture and my traditions as being in Israel, uh, the the favored land, the promised land, and all of that. Uh, before we come back to uh, the rabbi, I just want to share with you that my official website is JoyceBarry.com, B-A-R-R-I-E, JoyceBarry.com. I'm a life coach. I'm a success coach. I'm a home business coach. So for those of you that want to make extra money, uh, we can have a, a, a whole session about that free, no charge, a free consult, simply by sending an email to CoachJoyce at AOL.com and just put your name, phone number, best time to reach you in the text, radio show, in the subject line. I give those emails my uppermost priority, and we can engage in a conversation and see if you resonate with having a coach or having a home business. My website, Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E.com, countless testimonials from people all over the country, people just like you that have worked with me. Let me just share a few with you now. Joyce Barry is an outstanding success coach. She is a master coach, the best of the best. Here are just a few of her clients who want to endorse her. Marlon Brando. Hiring Joyce as a coach is an offer you can't refuse. President Bill Clinton. I did not have sex with that woman. I did not have sex with Joyce. She is my coach. Sylvester Stallone. Yo, Adrian, Joyce is the best coach, you know. She helped me train for Rocky. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I hired the Joyce-inator because no matter how much I may drive her crazy, I know she'll be back. President Ronald Reagan. Well, Joyce, uh, Nancy and I just love you. There you go again. Win one for the Barry. Elvis Presley. I'm all shook up about hiring Joyce as a coach. I'll get a little less conversation, a little more coaching. Jack Nicholson. If you could handle the truth, you want Joyce as your coach. Johnny Carson. I can hire Joyce as a coach? I did not know that. That is wild. Did you know that, Ed? <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Winning. That's because Joyce is my coach. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Woody Allen. Are you crazy? 
this whole time I haven't had Joyce Barry as a coach? You kidding me? Hi, Ted Siuba, and I think and grow rich. If you were thinking about hiring Joyce Barry as your coach, just do it, and we'll grow rich together. And even Joyce Barry herself. What do Olympic athletes have that you don't have? A coach. Hire me and have this be your best year ever. If not now, when? I want that gold medal. I want to hire me. Email coachjoyce at AOL.com. That's coachjoyce at AOL.com. Coach Joyce here. Just put radio show in the subject line, contact information in the text, and I'll be happy to give you a free consult on having a coach and also having a home business. See if that resonates with you. Rabbi, as we sum up here, what's so big about the high holidays? Well, it's big because we see the community coming together. During the year, we're all drawn in different directions. We all have all kinds of responsibilities. But when we come to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, these are the high holidays, meaning they're very important. They take on a special meaning in the history of our people, and they bring our people closer to each other. Uh, We talk about all Jews are friends And someone once asked, why do we say all Jews are friends? Why do we say all Jews are brothers and sisters? Because you find very often that brothers and sisters may not talk to each other. Friends are always there for you. Well, it's that spirit uh, that makes this period so special for all of us. It's a time to see each other as friends, hopefully as brothers and sisters, but at least let's look at each other as friends. Um, We recognize there are many challenges that we have to confront as a community, but we can't face those challenges unless we do it as a unified people. That doesn't mean we all have the same uh, thoughts, but we can have unity of spirit, diversity of of thinking. Look at what's going on in Europe today. Look at the anti-Semitism. We need to... Uh, strengthen our voice as a people and not just do it quietly, not just do it separately, but do it collectively. So I think the High Holy Days are time to to recognize common concerns, uh, to uh, combat uh, the challenges that confront us, but to do it as one people. Uh, Someone said years ago, you know, we have a famous prayer, the Shema Yisrael, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So how about if one day we read a new prayer? Hear, O Israel, Israel is our people, and Israel is one. Uh, That, hopefully, is a prayer that we will see in our lifetime. There's a beautiful uh, expression, may you see the world of your dreams during your lifetime. Um, That's what Rosh Hashanah Kippur also says. You have dreams, try to... uh, realize those dreams, but you can't get there unless you start doing something and something more than you've done before. Right on, Rabbi, right on. And again, I thank you for um, giving our people a sense of the show for. Uh, What are some of the traditional greetings that we hear at these holidays? And I know when someone that's not Jewish says them to me, I feel I'm very impressed and I really appreciate it. Why don't you share some of those phrases? Well, one of the phrases, you know, is an easy one is Shana Tova, which means a good year. Uh, a more involved expression is Lishana Tova, Tika Tevu Temu, may you be uh, written and sealed in the Book of Life. You know, the Book of Life, it's open, the Rosh Hashanah, it's sealed around Yom Kippur. Uh, so 
Very often we say to people in a shortened phrase, Gemartov, may this be a good finish, in a sense a good sealing, or Hatimatova, a good seal uh, during Yom Kippur. But I think no matter what phrase we use, uh, what we want is sincere feelings and sincere outreach to each other. So some people do it in terms of you know learning the words, but you know very well words have to come from the heart. So when we extend a hand to one another, let it be a hand that uh, reaches from the heart itself. And we say to each other, may you see the world you want uh, during your lifetime, and may I be part of that world with you. And, folks, um, I just want to share that Young Kippur is not meant to be a fun holiday, because when you hear holiday, you think of celebration and fun and, and things of that nature. It is the Day of Atonement, as it's sometimes called. It's meant to be meaningful and a way to think about how to be a better person for the coming year. On the Day of Young Kippur, it is believed that you're sealed in the Book of Life. Uh, you're entered into the Book of Life on Rosh Hashanah, and then you have the Ten Days of Or. Uh, for repentance and forgiveness, and then it's sealed uh, on Yom Kippur. Uh, the, the day of fasting, when we break the fast at the end of the day, it's celebrated with a feast. So we always plan ahead of what do we want to have for dinner, what do we want to do to end the fast and celebrate. So it's highly significant in so many ways. Uh, it truly is our new year, but I say let every day be a new year for you folks, every day to start fresh, to know that you you can have a new beginning, to know that nothing is impossible and just focus on, uh, you know, being a good person and getting out a positive message, one person and one positive action at a time. Rabbi, what would you want to say to sum up? I say the following, that uh, it is possible that this will be a better year. You know, sometimes we look back and we say, I wish I could go back to the good old days. But when you really look at the good old days, they were fraught with many problems uh, there isn't a chapter of life that doesn't have difficult moments. But what you have to say is, nevertheless, I'm going to do what I can to improve the, my life and the life of others you know, who are part of my family and extended family. I think the word nevertheless, nevertheless, is a very important word because what it says is, I'm not going to succumb to passive resignation. I'm not going to withdraw from life. I know there are difficulties that will face me, but nevertheless, I'm going to do what I can to overcome them and to still make it a better world. I have a choice. I can be bitter, as some say, or I can be better. Uh, I choose to be better. And uh, therefore, being surrounded by people during the High Holy Days, uh, having a beautiful liturgy, uh, listening to some insp inspirational words by the rabbi and uh, melodies by the cantor, I think we can walk out uplifted um, and make a commitment that we will work together as a community, as a community, not as individuals uh, who are traveling on separate paths. We can do that some of the time, but there comes a moment when we all have to learn how to walk with one another together as one people. That, to me, is one of the most important statements of Rosh Hashanah, of Yom Kippur. And then, you know, we finish Yom Kippur, what do we do? We have Sukkot, we have tabernacles. We go into that fragile hut. And what's the beauty of that? It says you can have all of the, you know, the high, the high bars and gates. Look, we just saw the White House where someone could enter, even with security. Um, but ultimately, it's about relationships. So I wish you, Joyce, and your audience, 
on the many lives that you touch, um, a sweet year, uh, a good year, and together let's make it a better year. And thank you so much for that, Rabbi, to you, your family, and friends as well. I am very grateful that you joined us today, knowing uh, how busy you are, knowing everything that comes along with this holiday and preparation and all that you do. I am really, really grateful and just wishing you a very blessed year. Uh, Folks, let me just remind you, in our archives, you can hear some wonderful shows about Rosh Hashanah that started the High Holy Day, September 24, the New Moon and the Jewish New Year and how powerful that was on the 25th with Carlin Hall. All trivia questions and riddles, so if you want to test yourself, I give you a chance before I give the answer for each one to see uh, how much you know about it. And as I said, we had fun doing it with our non-Jewish friend to make the point that you don't have to be Jewish to appreciate our traditions and our holidays. And on September 26th, a celebration focusing on gratitude, reflections, and forgiveness. So... In conclusion, I just want to say, make this the last day, the last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. Make this the first day of wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make it the most meaningful day of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magic memories and manifesting marvelous miracles. Folks, go out and celebrate your life. Celebrate your holidays. Celebrate the great people in your life, the resources and opportunities that will come your way if you are open to receiving them. Celebrate the miracles that will come your way if you're open to receiving them. Here is our celebration song. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired by her show and her poetry was just so good you know i want to listen to joyce again and again as joyce would say if not now when he did the mash the joyce barry mash joyce barry mash she is a coaching smash he did the mash you'll catch on in a flash he did the mash the Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce knows all about having fun. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. She's a coaching sensation for not just me or you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce Barry Mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash! (laughs) Have a fantastic day and listen to Joyce Barry and friends.
When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything! In life, we come to expect certain things. Light bulbs light and tigers roar. But what if we came to expect something more? At Honda, that's just what we do. And it's led us to the Honda Accord LX. With more torque and passenger volume than a Toyota Camry. Hurry in to your local Honda dealer and test drive the Honda Accord today to see what expecting more gets you. Comparison made to comparably equipped models. See dealer for financing details. My mom has a permanently stuck in the 80s thing. We're talking teased up feathered hair, acid wash denim jacket, and shoulder pads. So many shoulder pads. But I just got a new phone from AT&T. And check this out. I got a second phone to gift my mom. So now, she can finally ditch her old one for a phone that can actually stream all the 80s shows she loves. Come into an AT&T store and find out how to get a smartphone on us. AT&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. See store for details.